Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com IMTB and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's easy. Go to audibletrial.com slash IMTB. Honestly, they're not that bad. Welcome to another episode of It's Not That Bad Podcast. I am Fern here with Dom. Hello, everybody. So it's the end of the year. Wow. Also the end of the decade. Wow. And uh, it really is kind of a big a big deal because um, really this last year, I think we really came into our own mm-hmm. as a podcast. But also, I think more so than ever this last decade, uh, like film and, and, and everything that comes with that mattered more to me than ever, which ended up leading to this podcast yeah. anyways. So uh, we're just going to go ahead and talk about... Kind of about stuff that happened this year, movies, TV show, news, and then as well as stuff that happened this decade, same thing, movie, TV show, news, and then, uh, yeah, it's kind of a wrap-up because, like I said, not only dealing with the end of a year, but end of a decade. Yeah. Um, An interesting decade. Very, very interesting. So, um, yeah, let's just kick it off, Dom, and, you know, tell me about, um, tell me some things that happened this year. In the year of our Lord, 2019. <clears throat> so this year we saw a lot of like culmination of like sequels and like remakes. And I mean, because that's something we can talk about later. But just this whole decade has just been like nothing but like being bombarded by these whole things. So like that whole anticipation of like seeing something new or like a sequel to something. So like I for- one thing I forgot the beginning of this year was Glass. Which was a sequel to, which we didn't even know we were gonna, we were like this whole crossover between Unbreakable and Split that we we didn't even know like wow that that was something that was coming and we we saw it and honestly is actually really good it surprised me because like I as I've said my stance on M Night Shyamalan is, is always like I either love him or I hate him. And right now I'm like, yeah, I, oh, like I can't wait to see what he does next because I'm like, ah, it better not be bad. Yeah, honestly, I would say the beginning of this decade, you're like, he's done. I don't care. Stupid. Yeah. The end of the decade, you're like, well, I really actually wonder whether it's gonna happen next. That's what, I know exactly. It's so oh, it upsets me so much because I'm like, that's it's it's happened for so long too because it's like every other movie I'm like. God, I hate that. Because, like, I think Last Airbender was this decade, right? And then The Visit, which I didn't really like. But I think, did you like it? I liked it. But then Split, which we reviewed, and is, is actually really good. It's it's, it's really good. Um, and then Glass is a pretty good movie, too. It's solid. But also this year, we saw a lot of, like, people following up on movies, right? Or following up on their, like, careers. So, like... Jordan Peele, the follow-up to Get Out was uh, Us, and he, like, he not only, like, hit it out of the park, but he hit, like, a grand slam out of the park. And he also did Twilight Zone. Mm-hmm. He um, brought that back. With him, he was always a comedy guy. Mm-hmm. Never even thought about anything other than comedy guy. I, it was like, I mean, you know, yeah. like, Matt TV was mm-hmm. always something in our <laughs> lives, so... 
him moving from Mad TV and then later on getting the Key and Peel show, that was one thing that we were on like right away. Yeah. Like we didn't even mm. like we didn't need to wait for like a viral video or anything. Like now nah, I was nope. like, fuck so, yeah. As soon as they announced it, yeah. Of the funny, two of the funniest guys on the <laughs> show have their own show. Hell yeah. Yeah. And then um slowly seeing that show get success, it was like, oh cool. And then when it ended, it was like, oh, I felt like that ended way too early. Mm-hmm. But really, after that, everything kicked off. Exactly. And it's just, even after the show was ending or did end or was in the last, whatever, but they did that Keanu movie Mm -hmm. and that was like, it was funny, silly, you know, and that's what I expected from them, right? Yeah. That's like, why wouldn't I? That's what you expected. Yeah, why wouldn't I? But then when I heard he was doing the like a horror film, I was like, oh, that's interesting. But, you know, didn't really think twice about it. And the next thing you know, he's like... One of the new faces of horror. Yeah, it gets nominated for Best Picture, and he wins an Academy Award for Best Original Screenplay. Yeah, it just—it's so fucking crazy (laughs) to see his heart, his see his art. Um, But yeah, like I mean, who would have thought, right? Exactly, who would have thought? Especially because I think a lot of times when stuff like that happens, I mean, I think more so in music, you hear like the sophomore slump, Mm. which makes sense because if you put something out, which people automatically get drawn to and then you got to follow that up even if there isn't any pressure on you physically like everyone else around you is putting pressure on you because they're like well it has to be better than the last one right yeah if the last one was this good then this one is going to be better yeah that that first one could be a fluke it could be like you you do another one and it's just like um what's his name um josh trank who did fantastic four right um, cause he, he hit it out of the park with Chronicle. Everyone loved it. And then he did, he did Fantastic Four and everyone was like, oh yeah, we can't give him a job anymore. <laughs> but you know, I think the fans spoke for everyone when it said like, no, yeah, he pretty much hit it out of the park with this yeah. one. And I think it kind of, it, that alongside Twilight Zone coming out and stuff like that, people are like, he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Also, like, I think this year wasn't as much as maybe the year prior, but I think um, for the decade, too, it's like horror really got, like, a a new... Lease on life. Yeah, because it's like, it's not that it was ever gone, you know? But it was on life support for the longest time. Yeah, and it did feel like, I think, especially, like, um, I just watched this movie Pandorum. Mm-hmm. And that was in the beginning, technically the beginning of this decade. And really, like, that was kind of what you got with, like, a horror film. Yeah. Like, there was good elements to it, but then something always kind of brought it down. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, great act. Like, oh, you have Ben Foster in there. You have um, Dennis Quaid in there. Oh, it's just, like, weird horror sci-fi movie. Oh, it's making you feel creepy. And then, like, the quote-unquote things come, and it's like... Oh, okay. <laughs> and I feel like that's kind of what horror was for a while. Yeah. I think it was it, it was it was really like things were good, but then there was like, ah, it's not that great though. Well, I think it was a lot of different things and I guess we could just get into it right now. I mean, cuz we did a whole like little series on on horror a couple years ago, but I think it was that whole idea of like we were trying to bring horror cuz remember in the 90s it was like basically dead. Because we had the whole slasher thing. 
and then the 90s was just kind of like whatever and then we got into the whole meta and then we got into found footage and i think that's really what was killing it Mm -hmm. was like because now they could make it so cheap that they're like well they don't even have to give like any real like substance to it like they could just be like oh well it's creepy if you don't even show it like oh it's so shaky you can't even see anything but i think finally like those people who grew up with horror like as kids and are finally like adults and can make film like uh, Ari Aster or like Robert Eggers right they can make these films and they could be like well they don't have to be stupid like we used to make them they don't have to be just like dumb slashers they can actually like make a point and like the ma- like mo- like people are actually going to see it people who normally wouldn't go see these movies are going to see them what I think it was is that I think people who always loved horror and have always been around it, you know, it's something that even if we knew it was going to be bad, we watched it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, because it's a horror film, so they're like, yeah, yeah okay, oh, oh, that movie, sure, okay, whatever. But I think what happened is this maturity to be like, hey, horror can make you feel all types of emotion yeah, and still be a horror movie. Or even like, like the horror doesn't have to come from just like what we normally think of as horror, like. We can finally be afraid of white people because they're the most terrifying thing in the world. That's what Get Out showed us. Yeah. Um, no, but like, yeah. I mean, it's it's taking that stuff where it's like the the one thing that I really liked about The Witch is when that movie came out. That movie was just a period piece. Oh yeah. But it was a period piece that took on a horror film, mm-hmm. and it was as rooted in history as you could be. Yeah. And so the fact that I think some people didn't like it was because it was like, well, where's the devil? Where are all the monsters? Yeah. How come they're not jump scaring me Well, it's called the witch. How come we didn't see more witches? And how come they weren't, like, ugly and stuff? It's like what Robert Eggers gave us was, like, a true, like, he it even says it. In, isn't it called, like, a, a New England folktale? Yeah. Like, that's what a folktale is. Yeah. And that's something that. I would say it's it's hard pressed to find outside of this decade because those movies I would say were automatically turned into art house films. Oh yeah, look what he did with um, the Lighthouse earlier this year is he made you feel isolated, alone, um, cooped up with this this other person that you don't even know if you can trust. He's another white person and you don't even know if you can trust him, and because he's crazy and he's telling you. Wait, I didn't grab the axe. You're the one who's trying to axe me. <laughs> but you, yeah, it's like he like he did such a good job. And and then like it's funny too because it's like people went and saw this movie like more so than like they would have like yeah you're right like a decade ago like if if you if you told someone in 2007 like a big blockbuster would have been this movie called The Lighthouse. It's it's uh, shot like uh, four by three. Uh, it's all black and white. It's about it's there's only two characters. Um, they don't really talk too much, and it's very like David Lynchy. They look at you like, "What the? F- no, I want to watch Transformers." Yeah, and, and I think that's exactly like what this decade built on, mm. at least in a, in a horror aspect, where you can get movies like Midsummer, mm. right? And those aren't just the the movies that like, oh no, that's only playing in <laughs> Camelview. Yeah, Camelview for. Like two weeks or whatever. Yeah, for anyone right? who doesn't know, that's like our art house, like theater. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Like, they would only show, like, those movies for like a few weeks and it'd be because the theater was only like five theaters. Yeah. 
but now it's it's everywhere. Yeah, it's literally everywhere. I mean, look at like Uncut Gems. Even with a movie like that, which was pretty is basically just like how can we do this like indie film style? Yeah. But that movie has so much buzz that when it it got full release, everyone's like, "Oh, let's go watch it." Oh, we got to see it. It's it a good film, and yeah, you're right. Like that would have been a movie that would have only been a can like that, The Lighthouse, Midsummer, like a bunch of films that would just have normally been like these movies that you are hard. Like, oh, we'd have to wait till they're oh they're released on Blu-ray or they're they're oh we can watch on Netflix now. They're everywhere now. Like pe- people, I love that now. Like people have brought in their like scope of like what they what they're willing to watch now, just amazing. I do feel like streaming has helped change that too, mm. especially when you have like actual really great films being on only streaming platforms, where people are like, "Oh, I could actually enjoy this movie now because it's a real movie." It's like, well, all movies are real movies, <laughs> <laughs> but quality wise, yeah, I get what you're saying. But I do feel like that's changed because you're right. Some of these films, and we even talked about it before, where some of these films that it went under our noses that we didn't know about mm-hmm. two, three years ago, it's like, oh, how did I miss that? Exactly. <laughs> like, I, I didn't mean, even hear about that. Two of the, the best films from last year we missed because I don't think they were being released everywhere, like Assassination Nation. And- Assassination Nation was a, a movie that I wanted to see. But it literally got out of theaters like three weeks, maybe two weeks. And then weeks. I think "Sorry to Bother You" was in a lot of places, but I don't think, I think it was. It was a it was a limited limited release. release though. Because I remember looking it up once, and they didn't have it like at an AMC, but they had it at like the Harkins over here or something or yeah. whatever, right? And yeah, th- I mean, those are two movies that we absolutely loved last year. Yeah, and there were two movies that I didn't even get it well. Sorry to bother you. I think I technically did have a chance, but it was just like, oh, wait till next week. Yeah. But, but Assassination Nation, like, that, it just went, came and went. I, yeah, I don't even remember it being anywhere, like, at all. But, I, like I said, I think this 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 um, decade really changed for me, mm-hmm. was appreciating certain type of movies. Like, we like we talked about with um, Zs for Zachariah. Uh-huh. Ten years ago, I wouldn't <laughs> want to sit down and watch that movie. Yeah. But... I think because now this decade has really helped not only me, but I think me this decade and starting to appreciate film more and then going back and seeing like, oh, so it wasn't always just, uh, it wasn't always just me. It was film. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and sitting through a movie like that, that's super long. It just, it's so slow moving, but it's not just, a, it's, it's appreciating the fact that it has to be, a slow-paced movie mm, exactly. because the payoff is everything. Yeah. Or like um, one movie that we reviewed earlier this year, um, Apostle, right? I'm pretty sure that's not one that you would have necessarily liked like a decade ago. But like now we watch it with, with appreciation of like, oh, it's this, it doesn't have to be like a big like reveal of like this monster or this and that. It's like, no, the story can be like a slow burning like tale and like it, it can kind of deviate off of the like the path a little bit, but but otherwise that like it is still though a true horror film. Yeah, and I and I I do feel like streaming has kind of helped that. Yeah, because I think it's easier to say now that people are more impatient when it comes to certain things, especially with like TV shows 
when you're like, what? You're saying that they release it every week and I got to gotta wait every week to watch this TV show? That's stupid. Like, <laughs> that's how it's always been. <laughs> yeah, until very recently, that's how it's always been. But also, you get those people that will, you know, out of boredom, just sit and be like, I'll watch this movie. Mm-hmm. I'll take a chance on this movie. I'll, you know, whatever. And then you get you get movies like um like the Black Coat Starter I told I told you about movie that came out a couple years ago wouldn't even think twice about seeing it back in the day or well, maybe because Emma Roberts is in there I always liked her Ooh, yeah but um it's a weird like horror movie that plays on this like what's going on <laughs> and really like it's not till the end where it like pops off. And you're like, oh, okay, fuck. <laughs> but that, but see, a movie like that, having no like blockbuster success makes sense to me. But having it found on a Netflix where you're like, oh, horror movie, cool. Oh, that's the girl who plays Sabrina now? Cool, I'll watch it. And then you watch something like that and you're like, you know what? I actually really like that. And I feel like that's kind of how people get through this this barricade of like, what is more mainstream mm. and what is more like indie? Yeah. Because I feel like that barrier is kind of I wanna say it's like completely gone, but I'd say like it's there's a there's a now. yeah, there's a good there's a good passage through it. Mm-hmm. Because there's things like I said, there's things that play off the idea of like this is more independent film. But people yeah. will go out of the way now because they're like, Oh, it's Adam Sandler and like a not stupid role. <laughs> I gotta watch that. Yeah. And so they'll they'll I think they'll give themselves to the movie more so, as opposed to someone watching a Star Wars movie who's like, well, I love all things Star Wars. Yeah. I know all about Star Wars. I'm gonna go in this movie because I know what I'm gonna hate about it. <laughs> Whatever, right? Yeah. But I, I think that like especially being younger, there's people who only watch indie films. Mm. They're oh, you have to watch. Uh, uh, you never watch wrist cutters? You have to watch this movie. Which which is funny because it's like, yeah, like that had to be its own genre indie. Where it's like, I think now it's blurring that line between, well, I'll use this as a way to transition to like TV a little bit. It's like, look at um, Sam, Sam Levin. Is that his name? He did Assassination Nation, like an independent film. He had all these like great ideas, right? Like you look at that film and you, you just see every, like the editing for it, the cinematography for it. The next year, he brings us Euphoria, this amazing TV show, right? And you can see all of like the influence from Assassination Nation is in this TV show, right? Like the the whole like just the way that he he they light things, the way that they they interact, the way that they um that's cut together. Like the the one episode that I love is when they're at the carnival, and like you keep jumping from character to character, but like it's not it's never like cut to a character. It's like as they're moving, like it, the the camera follows and then it moves into another character. Like it's never like jump cut to. It's like that smoothly like following each character and like it's. I'm 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 just so like glad that finally we have these people who are being like recognized for like, oh yeah, like oh you actually did good things. Like hey, maybe we should give you a TV show. <laughs> But yeah, even like just like the way like television has evolved, it's like yeah, you could still watch it on TV, but like most people don't do that anymore. It's like it's moved to streaming. That's kind of where I hope this new decade 
takes TV is that they understand that, sure, there is still people being broadcast on national television and cable television. But I think that TV shows made specifically for streaming services should move away from, like, uh, a cable television or a a national network television show um, blueprint. Because Mm -hmm. the stories being told can still be told, but it doesn't have to be, like, typical, oh, this is where you would cut to a commercial. Yeah. Because you still... There's no commercials. (laughs) We're still seeing that somewhat in some shows. Um, I... There was I forgot what show I was watching where it kind of does that, but yeah, you're right. Like they they need to move away from it. like and something that they still do is they'll give you like instead of they'll say it's like an hour, but no, they give you 42 minutes. It's like no, you you guys aren't limited to commercials anymore. You don't have to like that was for something for TV. This you could actually give us a full hour of content, and, and like that's kind of where I hope we move from because there's TV shows that I feel like would benefit from just being a streaming service television show. It's one, fine. One that I think that does it really good um, is Sabrina. They let you skip all of the the intro and the recap. But if you want to, it's there. Like, if you really want to watch, like, the recaps, they're done and they're stylized and everything. But, like, you can just go ahead and skip all that. Like, I, and, I, and I appreciate that they don't, like, cut, like, the episodes down for it. Like, it's still, like, a four, like 40 minutes for, for the episode. Which, that's, that show is so good. Yeah. I can't wait for that show to come back. I think that that's kind of understandable for this last decade. Mm-hmm. Because this last decade really did make streaming a yeah. thing. Um, I would say we started the decade, I was like, that's impossible. And yeah. ended it with, like, we, things we, need to get two streaming services. It, yeah, it's like, when we started this decade, we had what Netflix and Hulu, and that's it, right? One was like, oh, that's where you watch movies, and but you wouldn't watch on there. It's going to take too long to buffer. You might as well just um, order it through the mail. <laughs> yeah, why don't you get the DVD instead? <laughs> no, um, I I paid extra for oh, the Blu-ray. Oh, you got Blu-ray. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> but then, but then, as like the internet finally like, and that's something that I was thinking about. I was like, this decade really like. How many decades ago, like, they have, like, a computer filled a, a whole room, right? And then the amount of time it took to build a personal computer, right? And that was, what, like, the 80s or something? And then from that point, to put it into a phone, and then from put it into a phone to put it onto your watch, right? It's just, like, it's crazy how much, like, technology has just, like, exploded, and so, like, along with that goes, like, the internet. So the internet's got, like, faster and faster and faster. Because remember, days of dial-up and stuff, and it was so slow. Like, we don't have time to sit on here. It's going to take too long. <laughs> but now, like, the internet, you get on your phone, and it, it loads right away, yeah. right? And it's just, like, yeah, it's like you can literally watch a movie now because it loads that fast. The The fact that we're even here is kind of crazy to think about. The beginning of the decade started off as just like, oh, that's that's weird. That's interesting. Like I didn't remember. I didn't even want Hulu. Like Hulu was so dumb. So I was like, I have a DVR, <laughs> record everything. But as it started to grow, then it was like, oh well, you know, now Netflix has originals. So we yeah. have to watch it only on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Oh well, Hulu's starting it. Oh well, what Amazon? What they made? They got 
awards for making movies amazon (laughs) so it at a certain point it completely changed and so it does make sense that there's still i think like leftover remnants of like what Mm. tv shows have to be what movies have to be and i feel like with what movies it's already changing because i think now with streaming services people are starting to make things that they've always wanted to make and they don't have to worry about like well now we gotta sell this script and we gotta worry about this and that like um i think this decade proved like some of our favorite people um our, our new favorite people with um was it justin benson and the other guy from um resolution and yes yeah. yeah all that stuff like the cool thing with with those people is especially in this decade they realize like hey we could just make these movies and then put them on these streaming services mm-hmm. right and sure i get like maybe they're not they're not getting like the most money or biggest awards or whatever but for people like us it's amazing to see this where it's like oh shit these guys just went out and did it and then they did it so well and and it's not like Back in the day where you would hope one day someone would see your movie. No, we could just go on Amazon, go on Netflix and be like, hey, look at this weird, small, independent movie. And what like, what I love about those films are they've become like, like of the whole decade, I would put them on like the t- like top tier of my favorite from this whole decade. Because, yeah, sure, they're like resolution, like we've talked about before, is, you can tell, super low budget. Like, the way it looks, the way it's shot, right? But the fact that they wrote and they came up with this idea and they this, they directed this film so good. Like, it, the story is just so good. It's, like, everything in it, the acting, like, you know what I mean? Like, everything from that film is just so good. It blows away, like, any other film because of that. It's like, I, yeah, you could give me something like <clears throat> Ready Player One or Bohemian Rhapsody, but this movie... Though it doesn't look as good as those films, blows it out, blows all of those out of the water. Like I would, I would rather watch this film a hundred times over those movies because they are just like that good. They are like one of my favorite. Like because I don't really like list like listing things yeah. like oh this was the best one and then here's number two, but I would put it on like a list of here's my favorite films of the decade. And really, I mean, if someone would told told me about the endless prior to this decade it would be like my friend in high school who was like oh you never seen the endless oh it's like super good i have the dvd of it like (laughs) i'll let you borrow it you know but now we don't have to worry about that we can literally find this stuff like just find it on our on our own and i think that's what this decade really did um is they changed this they change this idea of like who can be a creator now. Yeah. Um, I think YouTube helped that too. Mm-hmm. But um, speaking just with like TV shows and whatnot, because people then decided that they can just make whatever they want and people can watch it whenever they want. So you have people like Ari Aster making these short films that at one point in time just would have been uh, like art school films and oh this is a oh this is a film that he made about you know but now it's like 
oh, he can make that. Sure, maybe he's in school, maybe he's not. But he can make that, distribute it right away. And that's something I think that it's it's technology, it's streaming, it's everything kind of. I mean, we even talk about now where, remember back in the day getting, oh, there's cameras, 14 stops of dynamic range. Oh, oh, look how, look how crisp this 1080p video is. Yeah, this is a $8,000 camera. Now we have things that are like, yeah, you see, you see my phone right here? Yeah, it shoots in 4K. Yeah. Like having that ability to film and to make things look good is so much easier now. So I think that's also partial. Like, I think that's kind of our, like, our around generation where before doing film stuff was so difficult because mm-hmm. you had to have this camera. Yeah. Like, you, no matter what, you had to have this camera and all of this sound equipment or whatever. And now you can have, like, a fairly good professional setup for, I would say, under five grand. And I'm talking about, like, stuff that you can probably end up getting on Netflix, getting on Hulu. It's crazy. Yeah. And I and so I think, like, this decade really did change that with where people like like I said it's 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 YouTube it's it's streaming it's equipment being so cheap and so easy to get and it's meme culture too it's yeah. it's people saying like yeah I don't have to follow the norm anymore I mean whoever you are whatever generation you are but like you ha- you have to at least say like oh yeah this is kind of where it's going these people are the next influencers I guess I'd call them right because that's what they're going to be like Vine was an influence for a while. YouTube was an influence. It still is. It's, I don't. I think it's kind of fallen just a little bit. It's still like there, right? Like, but then we're starting to see like things in like, um, like Mixer and like Twitch and like all these other places, right? Where these like so-called influencers and like Instagram and Twitter and so, but it's like it's just part of that whole like idea that the people that you think like the, we talked about like the idea of like celebrity, right? Baby boomers are like, oh, that's like dead. But it's like, no, it's just, it's changed from what you, you were told Clark Gable is a, is a superstar, but it's like, now it's a, a David Dobrik. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> it's like, that's who like, and you might be like, who? It's like, no. But if you told like a young kid that like, he'd be like, oh yeah, I know who that is. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's cool too, because for people like us who I would say we're the older aspect of it, but still like influenced by it mm-hmm. is we can see people like these comedians on Instagram and all they're doing is making funny videos, but it's like you follow them and then you fo- you start following their careers and stuff like that. And it's like, oh, hey, this guy was in this movie. I'm going to go watch this movie. And it, that's something that we never had before. Yeah. I mean, I would say like it really did start. In the early 2000s, but this last mm-hmm. decade really, I think, set the bar that we kind of make these people. And yeah. and that's what I'm saying with like people like Ari Aster and stuff like that. He went out and made these short films yeah. and then people were like, you see this fucked up short film? <laughs> <laughs> like he made such an impact just making this weird ass film that that continued and, mm-hmm. and, he, and he kept making stuff and people were like, Hey, maybe we should give this guy a chance. Or even like bigger filmmakers went and they they start like um, look at Neil Bloomkamp. He went from like making these bigger budget sci-fi films to making smaller sci-fi shorts, 
and then that he put online, it's like it's going from one to the other. Yeah. Like people are like interchanging all this stuff. Like how, how many times have I told you where? Because I like watching sci-fi shorts. Where like I watch some random sci-fi short and be like, "Oh, that's the kid from Game of Thrones," on some like weird small indie like sci-fi thing. Or um, I watched the one with that girl from Stranger Things. Yeah, with Natalia Dyer. It's like these people just show up in the stuff because now it's like, oh, you can actually get seen in this. Yeah, it's, and it's not um, unheard of, too. Because it's not, like, I think in the past it would have been seen as like, oh, you don't want to do that. You're a big star. You're on Netflix's biggest show, Stranger Things. Why would you do that? It's like, because she wants to. Like, oh, yeah. I feel like we've all finally figured out, like, hey, maybe if we all just kind of, like, watch these things and like are involved with these things we all benefit from them yeah i I do feel like this decade has shown like hey independent creators small creators whatever we have more say than anything because they're they're the ones who started to build these fan bases before anything because they're the ones who are like oh hey yeah i know you guys like this and blah 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 like check out my short film or whatever and it's like it's crazy because yeah you're right like these people are the ones that are making this content for these people the people are like i like this then it starts to be getting more than then hollywood pays attention I'm like hey yeah you know this guy he did this really cool thing he's still making really interesting stuff like maybe we should give him a chance yeah then you have the people like us who are like yeah, of course I remember. Like, yeah, I've been following this guy for you know a few years now. He's amazing, whatever. And that slowly starts to build this like new wave of entertainer, if you will. Yeah. Right. Where where you may see it as dumb as this David Dobrik guy being stupid, and or oh, he's just an internet guy, but his millions upon millions upon mm. millions of fans are the ones who go out of the way to be like, oh, I like this, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. whatever he's in. Oh, cool. Like, oh, I'm, I'm about this, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And see, and I think this year really showed that, that the age of new Hollywood is dead, right? Like, we have moved on. Just as in the 70s, um, Hollywood had to move on to, like, new Hollywood. Oh, look at uh, look at Steven Spielberg and um, Francis Ford Coppola and Martin Scorsese and George Lucas, right? All these, like, ah, oh, look how young and fresh they are. Like, they come up with all these, like, interesting ideas. But, like, we're so far removed from that now that we're finally, like, everything they say, like, doesn't go anymore. Great. Like, we see with Martin Scorsese's, like, comments, like, even, like, a few years ago, we would have been, like, you know those stupid, like, Hollywood insiders would have been, uh, like, and critics on the internet would have been like, um, yeah, I agree with Martin Scorsese, like, superhero, like, they're gonna burst. The bubble's gonna burst soon. So, like, and we talked about that before, but it's like, no, like, they have to learn that the way that movies are made and the way entertainment is nowadays has changed. I'm sorry that you guys are, like, 70, 80 year old. And, like, you don't like it, but you can't just sit here yelling at clouds anymore. (laughs) I don't know. It's just the whole thing to me is, like, finally we can put to rest these filmmakers because they should, like, that's what I think that should happen is that they should at a certain point pass on to people, like, hey, you guys are the new creators nowadays. Good. You guys make make film. Yeah, because it, it feels weird that you have Steven Spielberg talking about how 
these Netflix movies shouldn't make it, blah, 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 right? Like, oh, they're not real film or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, a year later, he's like, oh, yeah, so I signed on to be exclusive to, like, um, um, on Apple, streaming service. Apple TV or Apple Plus, right? Uh, or is that that Quibi or it's, Quibi? It's both, I think. What? But, yeah, I mean, you have that, right? Then you have, like, yeah, Martin Scorsese saying, like, oh, it's this and that. It's like, okay, but it'd be one thing if you're, like, I'm a purist. I only use 35-millimeter film, mm. blah, 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 whatever. And it's like. No, you're still taking advantage of technology. Yeah. You're, you're using de-aging technology in this fucking movie. If you believe that these were all just this and that, oh, they're oh, they're they're so there's big spectacles. It's like then why would you use any of the? Why would you use their cameras? Why would you use the technology? Why would you you? Know, why would you use any of that? But if you were like, you know, maybe it's you know I'm old and I don't understand that, but look at how much money they're making. Look at how much people love these movies. That's just what it is. It's like, okay, yeah, because you can grow and say, hey, this is, I mean, the best and worst example of it is <laughs> is Clint Eastwood. Yeah. He's like, he's not trying to be like, well, I'm going to make this movie. It's the greatest. He's like, no, he's like, how can I make movies for old people? Yeah, that's what he does. Yeah, he makes movies he, and all these old people watching. He knows like, his audience good. and he gives them what they want. So I think you're totally right because... In the same in the same vein, you still have people like um, um, Guillermo del Toro, who's been doing this for years. Who's like, yeah, you know, I'm I'm doing this, whatever. But oh, I love look at how great this film is, whatever, blah blah blah. Oh yeah, you guys should check this out. And it's like, yeah, because he knows that he could never make something like a Euphoria. Mm. That's not who he is. <laughs> That's no. not him. But what he can do is this, this, and this. And he's not trying to put down like. Oh, this is dumb. Why would they use drugs all the time? This is so stupid. Oh, you should never watch this. You it's know what's like, weird? No. It sounds like it's because he's not white. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think this decade really did show, like, we can accept it for what it is, but also leave it in the past. Yeah, like Last Jedi said, let the past die. Yeah. Kill it if you have to. Yeah. yeah, because, I mean, we're still on this, like, nostalgia kick, right? Mm -hmm. For something like a... A stranger things can occur. Mm -hmm. People love it. They love everything about it. It relies on like nostalgia stuff, but it takes it's like, yeah, this is like a place in the eighties, you know, with like MK Ultra, and, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, child torture and stuff. And I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> um, and yeah, and then even like taking things were like stuff like it, right? Yeah, taking things that are clap. Even better, <laughs> The Shining. Taking yes. something as classic as The Shining, and then saying like, "Yeah, so we're gonna re we're gonna do a second part to this movie. I mean, it's a second part to the book, but also to the movie. So like, it's gonna be a weird mix of it, and we're gonna do it. And knowing that people are gonna be like, "Whoa, I'm gonna ready ready to judge it," and they just went full forward and be like, "No, it's fucking great." I think though that they trusted. The right person with it, like Mike Flanagan, like, I think if they gave it to someone else, it would have been terrible. But I think he's, like, the perfect person to, like, have done that. Hey, James Cameron, do you think you oh, can make Oh, my this? God, no. It's like, yes, I'll get my 3D, my 4D cameras ready for this. Yeah, I made 4D cameras. Jesus fucking Christ. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not like, it's not that we're completely neglecting this stuff. But it's it's more of borrowing from the past 
to make this stuff for the future so much better. And 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 I think that that works because things that I watched as a kid and I was told like, hey, the, these were influenced by these movies. I went back and I watched some of those films. And I'd be like, oh, it's kind of boring, but it is good. I could see where they got this and this, but I love what they, how they took that and they transformed it. And that's what we're doing now is like, we're taking from the past and we're transforming it. And it's for the better. That's what, that's and what I hate is like, that's what like the new Hollywood did is like, they did the exact same thing. They took from what they loved as kids and they made it right. And then these new people do that and they're, they're like, well, that's not cinema. It's like that. <laughs> yes, it is. Like, you're you you have no right to call something cinema, and I I love that like it was like divided because in the past it would have all one hundred percent been on Martin Scorsese's side. Everybody would have been like, well, he's the authority; he makes films. But it's like no, in this new age, it's like no, he's old; he's a boomer; he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> he should give up. Yeah, and and really, I think one of the best. Examples of that, at least for me, is Star Wars. Yeah. Star Wars came out fucking 40 years ago. Mm -hmm. And they're still making them today. Yep. You know they have to be different. Yeah. They can't be the same. So, of course, they're not going to make it the same way. Of course, Mm -hmm. they're going to utilize so much better. So, of course, this is going to look a lot better. Yeah. So, but I think what they did really well with this these new ones is that they took this lived in universe and they expanded it they they still like worked with practical effects right mm-hmm. it wasn't like the prequels where it's like we'll, we'll just <laughs> we'll just do it all in post <laughs> they utilized a ton of practical effects but still we're like well we have amazing cg of course we're going to use this for this right and then so you get this like amazing looking movie mm-hmm. But people hate it because, well, it's not like the movie that was like 40 years ago. And it's like, good. Yeah. I would hate if it was like that movie. Yeah. Like, are you kidding me? Like, as much as I love Star Wars, I would never want Star Wars to revert back to that. What I hate is that they. I feel like people want things to be, and this is, this is something that I feel like, we find, like we're finally getting out of this, is that they just want something to rant and rave about, right? And that's... I think that's what's something that came up this past decade was that the internet and YouTube helped to create this culture of, I'm not going to sit here and review a film. I'm going to tell you why I hated this film. Instead of giving you reasons why you should go out and, well, like what a real critic used to do, where they'd be like, well, here's the merits of the films. Here's like what it didn't do too well. Here's a score. Go see it if you want to. It became more of, well, I hate this movie because this, this, and this. It's like, okay, but like, why was it, what was good about it though? I don't care. Like, I hated it because this and that, and like, because why didn't she move out of the way? And that, I, yeah. I, I just, that to me, I think helped to like, and I think Star Wars helped to build that because they're like, wait, I said something bad about Star Wars. It got me like a hundred thousand views. Huh. If I just make another video about why I hate Star Wars, I think I'll get more, right? But but that's also, like I said, that ties into the internet, technology, YouTube, all this stuff. It gives us people like as much as as much as we hate it and I mean obviously because we made this podcast, 
it gives people that voice that mm-hmm. we don't have to we don't have to worry about which is both good and bad but we're not to worry about having to hear some 45 year old guy talk about how well here's why assassination nation doesn't work blah 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 and it's like okay but you're looking at it through a 45 year old man <laughs> who lives in the suburbs yeah who about you know blah 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 it's like you're so far removed from the movie mm-hmm. but at the same point yeah you do get those people where they're like well here's why i hate it like th- those girls wouldn't be able to use those guns like that that's so unrealistic blah 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 of course the jocks would because they're they grew up that way whatever we, you know what i mean we, like you have those people i get it but that's where our podcast started, was because, like, we do try to review films, but they're not really reviews. It's more of like, hey, film is so good that you can watch something and say, that's entertaining. Mm-hmm. And our podcast was made because of this negativity towards, like, let me tell you why I hate everything about this movie. We came back and we're like, well, okay, let me tell you why I love everything about this movie. Yeah. Because even though things do have faults, they can still be enjoyable. And yeah. I think that one thing that happened this last decade is people just look at like, yeah, you're right. That is, look how bad that is. Of course, that's a bad movie. But it's like, no, it's not a bad movie. Those things are bad. Sure, I get it. Is it a bad movie? No. Let me tell you why it's not. Because it's so easy, I think, now to say, well, you're on this side or you're on that side. You can't be in the middle. And we're sitting here like, why? Why not? That's what <laughs> like, we... <laughs> like, let me tell you how much I love this shitty movie. And then, yeah, it's 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 that idea that we saw we saw what film nerds would say all the time, right? Oh, they only like these specific ones because of this and this and this. Oh, you're not a true, like, film aficionado because you've never seen... put Insert some dumb Steven Spielberg movie here or no, something. Insert some... Criterion film collection. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then we saw, like, the internet just, like, it, for some reason, well, YouTube, I think, because it rewards people watching it, and I think because people like to hate watch things, and because they want, like, that, they, it's that idea that they're like, oh, yeah, like, oh, I agree, because, I, oh, I hate this so much. And so it, like, magnified it, like, tenfold. And it just finally pushed us to this this thought of, well, why do why do we have to watch people just sitting there hating things? Like, can't we sit there and just like enjoy something? Like, we it's that whole um, argument that we 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 had on here before a long time ago. We got it out of the way. It's art versus entertainment. It's both. We 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 agree. It's both. Sometimes it's a little bit more artful. Sometimes it's a little bit more entertainment. It's like Rise of Skywalker, right? Like people had hyped it up. They they kind of knew what they were like they were in for, but like this idea that oh, well we have to hate it because of this. It's like no, you can sit there and you can like it even for its faults. Like you know what a Star Wars film is going to give you. Like you know it's not going to answer all your questions. You know it's not going to do this, it's not going to do that, but what it's going to give you is a cool lightsaber battle. Did you get that? Multiple times. Is it something cheesy where, like, the dark side comes up for <laughs> out of nowhere? Yeah. Is it, like, some cheesy dialogue a lot of times? Yeah. Is it starship battles and stuff like that? Yeah. That's why it's, like, I would give, Star like, Rise of Skywalker a pretty good, re- like, a review. Because 
it did what I, I thought it was going to do. I mean, honestly, everything that this new Star Wars and everything built off of was just because we didn't see it in the original doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. Yeah. You have a whole fucking universe that exists outside of those movies. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just, it's interesting to see kind of how things have come because you have those people that won't let go of the past. Then you have the people who just want to ignore the past. But mm. then you also have the people who are like, well, why can't we just have both? Yeah. And that's where you get cool stuff like The Rise of Skywalker and this whole Disney trilogy, even if you hate it, but, oh, you also love it, but you just hate all the bad things, but you hate all of it, but you also actually love it. Or you get stuff like Castle Rock that built off of 40-something years of this weird-ass glasses-wearing motherfucker uh, (laughs) who was probably on coke half of his life. He literally was. (laughs) You have this whole universe that it's building off of. And this last season took someone that I actually really liked, uh, or a book that I really liked was uh, Misery. They took that whole thing, and it's like, yeah, works. And, works. And what also what also they did too that I like is that maybe the first yeah, the first season was like it was good, but it actually tied in so well to that first season that it makes the it makes the first season like more enjoyable, I think, afterwards. And it just it also makes you think like, well, where the hell do they go from here? Like, so what does that mean? Like, what do a lot of the things mean from the show? And it's like, it's like, yeah, you're right. You just have to look at the books. Like, Stephen King's written all this other stuff that it's like, it leaves everything so wide open that I think will also surprise a lot of people. But it like also, the people who have been, I was going to say true believers, <laughs> constant, constant readers, um, People who've been constant readers will enjoy because they'll be able to get the they get the reference right. Yeah. But then these new people finally get to like enjoy like wait. So you're telling me that there's this whole universe outside of this? But like, see, instead of just living in the past and trying to well, how can we place this in the 40s so this story can make sense, or how can we tie in this from oh this, this has to be from the 80s? So you know they're just like. No, we'll still connect it. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll still have this. We'll still have that guy. But it did it in its own way. That's like what I like about um, Dr. Sleep is that it's not like the book. The book I can sit and read if I and enjoy it as much as I want. But the movie is its own is its own thing. Like they did a good job of concluding The Shining, but also making a sequel because the book had a sequel. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like rectifying itself. I will. I'll say this: that this last decade, I honestly think it was a big change for entertainment in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, one thing that we didn't even talk about, but obviously was a big thing, was kind of the change in Hollywood, right? Mm-hmm. The the Me Too movement really yep. pushing through. And I mean, sure, you can come out against your abuser like a Kevin Spacey, and then. You die randomly the next day. I Strange. Mean, sure, weird. Or even um, you can accuse someone and then they all of a sudden die out of nowhere like a Jeffrey Epstein. Weird. Crazy. Strange, huh? But either way, like, there's, there, there is a change. And we see it, obviously we see it 
with like like I said, we see it with Netflix, we see it with with uh, Hulu and all these streaming services. Hopefully, the Academy Award. I mean, they they finally learned their at least somewhat their lesson in this past decade because. Well, I mean, like I I think it's it's this this last decade has really started the change. So yeah. the, the next decade, I think that's where we're gonna see it. At the end of the next decade, we should be able to see these Netflix movies like just up there, like beating out the movies that shouldn't even be nominated. We, and then, yeah, we should yes. see like the the Netflix TV shows get the same amount of praise as like oh, what was it, the Newsroom or something? Yeah, uh, the Morning Show. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Or even like this idea that like. Oh, there's only one person of color that's one best actress. Maybe this decade can finally show us, like, hey, maybe what we've been saying is wrong, right? Maybe they can learn from what they've done in the past. Or maybe, like, only one woman has ever won for best director. Maybe finally, like, I think that's what it is. Right. Is that we can look to this next decade and think, maybe, like, we finally come to our senses. Maybe this next decade would be that change where we'll stop overlooking these these people and say, well, I mean, Martin Scorsese made a film this year and that's a big, that's a big thing. And that's something that we keep, the Academy keeps doing is like Steven Spielberg, like the post, it was nominated for best picture. Why? Bridge of Spies. It was nominated for best picture. Why? Oh, cause Steven Spielberg directed it. Martin Scorsese did this. So we have to nominate him. It's like, why, why do we have to? And then like Quinn Tarantino too. Uh, I think Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is going to be nominated, but, like, why, right? He should have won for literally any other movie he's made. Like, Django Unchained, he should have won for that. Um, Hateful Eight, he should have won for that. That movie is so good. Like, the, the like the idea that you can put, like, all these characters into one one setting and, make a, and give you a three-hour film and be like, yeah, you're going to like it. Yeah, I'd be like... <laughs> You think I'm stupid? And then what? You ended up liking it. I fucking love it. It's <laughs> so good. It's like it's tied for my favorite. Yeah, it. it's it's like he should have won for, and and I feel like he's gonna be nominated for best director. He's gonna win because they're gonna be like, oh, you deserve. It. Like they did that with Martin Scorsese. Yeah, with the which, Departed. Like I liked Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. It's a great film, yeah. but is it his best film? No, no, no. Is it one of the better films this year? Sure. Mm, yeah, but. When you look back at it like that, and it may not seem like a big deal, but then you look back and you're like, yeah, but Avatar was nominated. God damn it. Remember? Ten years ago, it was nominated. And then look back a year ago, Bohemian Rhapsody was nominated. (laughs) Oh, my God. Movies that have no business being nominated get nominated. Yeah. And that's also something I really hope that does change. I really feel like it's not going to, at least like in the radical way that I think we want to, but like these award shows and, and all this stuff, like being, you know, having those those movies. But, I mean, it's something that I kind of wish for, but I don't know. I, I feel like if there is any part of like old Hollywood that is stubborn and won't die away, it's the award shows because it's the best way for them to pat themselves on the well, back. Once, once those baby boomers die, though, it's going to change. I mean, it's still going to take a little bit, but... That's what I'm saying. Like, 
Hopefully this next decade starts the trend. Yeah. But I don't think it's going to be as fast as we think it's going to be. No. We'd want it to be quicker, but it's going to be till 2030 when finally boomers are dead. Even though we have a lot of stuff that we're looking forward to for this next year, next decade, whatever, um, I feel like this last decade has been really phenomenal. Like I said... I think partially for me, it's because this is like the last 10 years or so is when I really started to give more appreciation to film and stuff. But I also feel like these, like we said, with this last 10 years, things, a lot of things have changed. And so one of the biggest things this last decade really has been the MCU. Yeah. Something that never seemed possible. Something Mm -hmm. that sounded so ridiculous. (laughs) <laughs> this last 10 years I think like, nah it's, it's okay even when we got it we were still amazed at the beginning because they were like no these movies connect no well and then like piecing it together too like from the end credit scenes like our post credit <laughs> scenes I mean like that even to itself is like you, you never saw that before I mean I remember when Avengers came out oh, and it's like I can't believe that this is a real thing. Like that was all the, the be- people. Can you believe that? How long ago that was? Yeah, two thousand twelve. That and that was a huge deal. It was something that these multiple different move, like these multiple movies, with these different characters, all coming together from one film, was crazy. It's like that never happens. Yeah. And then this year we get uh, was it Endgame? Endgame. And it's like. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So 2012 me didn't know shit. Yeah. <laughs> and even and, 2015 us with um, uh, Age of Ultron, we we still didn't, we, we thought like, damn, look at how much it's grown. Yeah. And it's like, no, nah, that's nothing. And it, it, it really, like, even now, honestly, even now, it's such a spectacle because it's never been done in the history of film. Mm-hmm. Sure, you could say like, yeah, but Star Trek had all these different movies. And it's like, yeah, okay, sure. These separate movies. But this has been like a continuous storyline. Yeah. And it keeps going. And it's still going. And not only that, is this next year, it's going to grow. Mm-hmm. Like we're getting TV shows that are specifically tied into what's going on in yeah. the main story. I mean, we kind of had like a little bit... It's kind of tied in. Or like that kind of hinted that it was tied in, but it never like explicitly said it was tied in. But now we have like, oh no, stuff that happens in this TV show, it's going to matter for the movies. And this is what, 20-something films in the making, and we're still like... 22? Yeah, we're still like, all right, I'm I'm in it. Sure. And that's great. If you think about it, 20 yeah 23 films or so that this it's been going this last 10 years plus have it's been going it's it seems like it's unreal yeah but here we are it's crazy so just so amazing and yeah this whole idea of just like that it's yeah it's it's just expanding beyond what we originally thought and then what were we were getting what one a year um, an MCU movie, and then we were getting two, and now we get three. And I think they're are they gonna push for four? I don't know. 
Oh man, that'd be crazy. But 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 just imagine. But just imagine that like three films in a, in a whole year. Because like I do, I I forgot that Car- uh, Captain Marvel was this year too. I was like, oh shit, yeah. Because it's like that movie is good by itself, and then you get Endgame, and then Spider Man. But yeah, you're right. Like the idea that like it's gonna it's gonna change even more. It's like oh, it's a couple of movies. Oh no, but also these TV shows that are tying in that you have to we have to watch. But like, and some people complain about it, but it's like, but if you're invested in this in this like we are, like you're gonna watch it. Yeah. It, like it's like those people who watch um like the Arrowverse, right? Oh, they love Arrow and the Flash, but they go out of their way to watch all the other ones like. Supergirl? Yeah, Supergirl's one. Um, Doom Patrol? Now? Is that a part of it? I don't know. Um, um, Teen Titans? Is that a part of it? I think so. Uh, but anyways, they're going to go out of their way to watch them, right? No matter if they're all on completely different <laughs> um, uh, uh, stations or streaming sites or whatever, right? But I think they consolidated them. I think they're all on either CW or... Does DC still have their I own app? They still have it. <sighs> whatever. Anyways, um, but yeah, like that's what I think. Disney saw this and they were like, "Yeah, you know what? We got to do this, right?" And also, I mean, uh, alongside that, that's also why I love what they're doing with Star Wars, because before we said this in our last episode, but after the original trilogy, the EU came, and then after the EU came, or I guess while that was still going on, George Lucas made uh, the prequel trilogies. But what he did with the prequel trilogies is he's like, yeah, some of the stuff that you guys said doesn't matter. Yeah. And basically just made his own movies. But what, what Disney did, what I feel like people aren't giving them enough credit is, sure, they said all that stuff is legends. Sure, it pisses people off. But what they did is like, we're going to make our own coherent storyline. Yeah, they streamlined it. Yeah, so they still tied in the original trilogy and the prequel trilogy. Then they knew how amazing this attack of the clones tv show was slash first movie and they're like yeah no that's also part of it which actually adds so much to it yeah and then not only that they're like oh yeah so we're gonna do this other tv show now and it's gonna take place like after the movies and blah 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 whatever right and then that like adds so much to it and then they're doing the tv shows now like the live action tv shows now and that's adding to it and Sure, you could say that you fucking hate Disney for ruining Star Wars and blah, blah, blah. But they're doing something that has never been done before. Yeah. And it's making everything coherent. It's making everything one thing. It's now where, in the prequels, where he says Darth Plagueis, right? You're like, oh, oh, that's amazing. And in literally one sentence, he, uh, George Lucas could have said, yeah, Darth, Darth Plagueis, um, he was actually born on... Uh, this planet and um he wasn't actually as powerful as you think and that's why uh dark dark sidious uh, killed him and literally ruin your 10 years of building this guy up he could have done that disney on the other hand is saying like no we're gonna if we're gonna do it we're gonna do it right right if we're gonna do it we're gonna we're we're gonna bring in these characters or these people and they're canon but we don't know everything yet, right? That's something we can explore later. And that's something amazing. That's something you didn't get for Star Wars before. It, you literally had three different entities. You had the original. You had the EU. You had the prequels. And and even though they played off of similar characters, they were all different things. Disney brought them together. 
Yeah. And we wouldn't have got that this last 10 years if it wasn't for Disney. I know it <laughs> sounds like I'm sucking Disney off, but they actually did a really cool thing. And it's it's it amazes me that people hate this like Disney era Star Wars when it's like, but they're making everything actual make sense. Yeah, that yeah exactly because before Disney bought George, they used to have different layers. So not only was there the expanding universe, but there was layers to the expanding universe. So basically, it was George whatever George Lucas said. So whatever EU was. That wasn't discounted by George Lucas. So anything George Lucas said was canon, but was expanded universe. Then anything else that was not discounted by the prequels or the original trilogy. And then everything else. Like, they literally had a whole... Like, I'm not joking. They had, yeah. like, this whole layered cake of what was canon. Yeah. And so there, so you could write something that was, like, on the very bottom that was just not canon. But then you could write something that, was like, George Lucas had kind of said was canon but wasn't in the films yeah and so then disney came and was like all that's just legends (laughs) and i think yeah and like it just kind of wiped things away and people were like i've been spending 30 years of my life writing this fan fiction and now it's all gone and it's like i mean george lucas did the same thing for you know how many who knows how many people but like what disney did is they're like yeah we're gonna just we're gonna try to bring in everything together what they don't remember is that Star Wars, the the original one in 1977, is literally George Lucas was like, well, I, well, I want to write, I want my own Flash Gordon. So he wrote fan fiction of Flash Gordon, and that and made Star Wars. I don't know. It just it like upsets me the whole time because it's like you people are like such hypocrites because it's like that's he literally yeah he did that and then. You're, you're, yeah, you're writing all this stuff, but like, why can't for you that be true? But like, just because Disney says it's not, doesn't mean, like, that's the whole point of Legends, isn't it? Is that they're like, hey, it's not canonical, but it's still here. And that's just, that's just giving credit where credit's due. I'm not trying to say that everything Disney did is amazing, but I'm saying that what they're, what they're continuously doing Mm -hmm. is so much more than you got before. Yeah. And it's, it's weird that people hate it. But also, like, I think it speaks a lot about not only just us, but the decade where you still, we're still able to have these huge blockbuster movies, these Star Wars, these Avenger movies, whatever, right? And they're a big part of the decade. But also, like we said, a lot of indie films that came out this decade that really changed the game. Like, it's so crazy that this decade kind of had things that came out are like, it didn't seem like a big deal, but then... Now you're like, oh, like one of my favorite movies, Ex Machina, came out this year. And it's a good one. I think at the time it was like, oh, yeah, it's a really good movie. But now it's grown to be like, oh, no, that's the movie. Like people people still talk about it like, oh, that's one of the best like sci-fi films ever. You have to watch it. Talking about us earlier, I think Jordan Peele made – Lupita like watched that movie. He's like, "Yeah, watch it." Yeah, because she, you could just totally tell from the way that she moves is just is like that. That's such a good film. Um, and then just an offshoot from there, but like Annihilation, like this film last year was it last year already? Uh-huh. Damn, um, this film that a lot of people wrote off for some reason, but it's just it's so good. Like it's it's everything that we love in sci-fi. 
like finally like in a like a, a bigger picture like Alex Garland is able to come up with these like sci-fi like like obviously we 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 reviewed Sunshine this year and we did Ex Machina and we did Annihilation but like his next step is he was so fed up with Hollywood and like big and like producers and stuff but he's like, I'm moving to TV, and like, I can't wait to see what he's gonna do. Devs, yeah. yeah, with devs. And like, I'm not saying that oh, indie films this year are the best. I'm just saying that I feel like they got a different set of legs. Yeah, it's bring it to a wider uh, audience mm. that it didn't have before, and people are starting to like. I said that movie is very much a small independent movie that's being appreciated way bigger than it probably would have been yeah. ten years ago. I mean, sure, maybe I like it more because it's like sci-fi and shit, and I like that. But even then, like, it's, I don't know. That movie, what it's set up, what he's been able to do, like, after that and everything after that, it just seems like he's going in a direction where, yeah, you're right. He just, he decided, like, you know, I'm not, I'm done just writing for people and letting them take care of all my work and blah, blah, blah. I want to be more hands-on. And that's something we talked about earlier. Is like that's that's what we able that's what we were able to get this year was people like him. He, he had a career before. Mm-hmm. He did he did all this stuff prior to. Yeah. But then he was like, you know what? I'm gonna take my career in my own hands. And then um, looking at someone who they had a previous career, they hadn't really done too much, and they come back and they knock it out of the park. Look at George Miller with um, Mad Max uh, Fury Road. Like that actually, that movie actually made me like love Mad Max because yeah. I before I really didn't care. Yeah, like, it was just like, oh yeah, I remember, I remember those movies. Yeah, but like this older, like he's like, hold on, he's gotta be like seventy something yeah. now. But he comes out of nowhere. He's like, oh, I'm gonna make a sequel to this film series that was dormant for like had it already had three films. Like um, I'm gonna recast and, and people like my mom boomers get all upset like well no mel gibson the jew hater should be um mad max and it's like no but like he the fact that he recasted then also like it's not even really a mad max film because it's more about charlize theron's character and like what they're going through and like fact that he can like he mixed practical with special like special effects and this movie is just so beautiful yeah. like that's it. I can't believe that that. That's movie... something that I feel like we would never get out of a Steven Spielberg. Mm-mm. Like, no, you would never get out of someone like uh, Martin Scorsese, right? Uh-huh. Also, want to give it up to Donald Gleason for his last ten years. Yes, I didn't even realize. Like for the longest time, we didn't realize like how much of everything he's been in. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. He started off in Harry Potter. And then he just explodes to being like everywhere. Yeah, it's and it's crazy because he literally is everywhere. Yeah, like we just brought up Ex Machina. He's in Ex Machina. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's in um, The Little Stranger. That's one that we didn't, we haven't reviewed, but we loved it when we saw it. It's just so like good. Yeah, it, like I said, probably one of the coolest decades ever. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I'm going to make all these fucking amazing films. Oh, you know that film that you like? I'm probably in it. He was in True Grit. I love True Grit. He was in Star Wars. He was in Star Wars. God damn it. He was in Peter Rabbit. <laughs> but he was he was in Black Mirror, too. Oh, yeah. Which we didn't even talk about Black Mirror, which is amazing. But 
Yeah, this whole decade, like, and I was talking, we, we saw Uncut Gems, and I was like, this movie, I don't know, what were we talking, we were talking about that, and then when, for some reason I got into Yorgos Lathamos, I was like, this whole decade has been so good for him. He went from being, like, doing um, The Lobster, which is just a weird film, and I think it got nominated for screenplay, I think. I know it got a few awards, but then The Killing of a Sacred Deer, and then the favorite, and we're like, and it gets nominated for best picture, and we're like, good, good for him, because this, this that movie is so good, and I'm just, I just can't wait for like anything else like he does, because I'm gonna be right there. Uh, and then speaking of directors, um, Denis Villeneuve, yeah, that's true. This whole decade, like, he started with French films, and then when he, I think he he did Sicario, amazing. He did Blade Runner twenty forty nine. That is such a beautiful, like, film. Yeah. And it's such a great story. And I feel like that's one that we talked about that not a lot of people like for some reason. And it's crazy because as big as, like, a Blade Runner is, right, this movie came out and was like, yeah, fuck that movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, it really like, did. It makes me feel like you don't even have to watch that movie. No. It's so... This movie, like, oh, it's just... It's shot so well. It's acted so well. Like... Dave Batista made me be like, I, I was like, yeah, and he the, needs an Academy in Award. The five minutes he was in this movie, I was blown away by his performance because you you can tell like he probably had a lot of help from Denny's O'Neill to be like, hey, maybe you should do like this, maybe do this, because we know your character is uh whatever they call their Repli- the, rep- a rep- replicant. replicant. Yeah, we know your character is a replicant, but you don't have to show the strength. It could be it's more about like what you say to the character it's yeah and he's like and he's like hold on let me give you these tiny glasses <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> and then that's why it's like i cannot wait to see what he what dune is because of everything that we've 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 seen from the we haven't even seen any footage or any behind the scenes or anything <laughs> just him and the cast list are like yeah okay. just from that i'm just like blown away i cannot wait to see like what like what it is um one of my favorite films of this past decade has has got to be um, Moonlight. Like this, the small independent film that is about um, not only a young and then like well the life of a black man, but the life of a poor black man, the life of a poor gay black man. Um, not only is nominated for best picture, but wins best picture. It just goes to show you. Look at last decade, Brokeback Mountain was nominated. And it was the best picture of the year, right? 2004. Best picture, right? Everyone, the Golden Globes gave it to them. Everyone, like, everyone knew, right? They were going in, like, and it loses to Crash. Of all the movies it could lose to, it loses to Crash. This movie that, in hindsight, is like, it's full of nothing but racists and bigots and nothing but terrible people and you could say like oh this that's what the film is supposed to be but but it's like no this this movie is not good and the fact that 10 plus years later a film like moonlight can beat something that was the front runner that is la la land literally everyone thought was gonna get it well white all all the white people thought yeah everyone yeah (laughs) like literally like everyone i I, we we had already written it off we were already like La La Land's going to win because the Academy doesn't care about, like, 
these real good films, they want to give it to something where it's like, oh, white people who love jazz and telling you why you and yes, white slaving white jazz is good. Yeah, you guys talk about you know wanting like inclusion and diversity. They have black people. Yeah, and did you see that black couple in the trailer dancing? And the guy, he likes jazz. That's black music. Yeah, he's he. You could say maybe he's like a. He's he's kind of ethnic too, right? Because what's Ryan Gosling really, right? Canadian. Oh, there you go. He's some <laughs> kind of ethnic. But <laughs> but the fact that like this film that is just like it's it's beautifully shot. The director. This is his second film, and it wins. But like it, and even like the win itself was so like out of nowhere that they when they mixed up the the, the cards. The the two people presenting who are like so old that they that they're like it's like they haven't made films in forever. They're looking at it and they couldn't even like decipher they, what they the couldn't car- fathom it in their head. Yeah, they were like, oh, it has to be La La Land because it says La La Land on here, even though the card said nothing like that. And it's like, duh, La La Land. And then like and they get up there and they're like, no, 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 like no moonlight went like that whole screw up just like. And I think it also came at a time when I think a lot of people were feeling down about, like, the politics of, like, the country. I think people wanted, like, kind of like a win. But, like, yeah, it's just kind of, it's like, it's like, wow. Like, they actually, like, gave a Best Picture award to the Best Picture. Crazy. Um, One of my favorite movies this last 10 years, which showed, like, that we talked about with the old school coming back. And be like, let me do this justice, Prometheus. Ooh, yes. The fact that he came back. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, so what I wanted to originally do, you know how, like, you guys love this movie I did back in the day and how I want to continue, but I didn't get to do that. But now I'm back and I'm going to do exactly what I wanted to do. And then he gave us this, like, insane ancient alien movie. Yeah. And it was like. Okay, I'm all, and then because at the end, me and you were literally like, "Oh my God, what's gonna happen?" We, next? we sat we were ho- so excited in the hotel room, and we were like, "Oh, that's all we talked about." Yeah, but then we came to reality, and everyone's like, "I hated it." Oh, why did they do this? Why did they do that? And it's like, I I just hate when and when things they explain things to where they're like, "Well, he's like, well, I think the air is like breathable in here." And he's like, okay, and he takes off his helmet, and nothing happens, right? Yeah. And he's just, he's alive. Why would he take off his helmet? Why would they take off their helmets? It's like they just said it, they think that it's it's oxygenated. Like that's what David said. He's a he's an android. He's telling you, like he's not gonna lie to you. I mean, later he does because he's like because he wants to question his own creators, like right. we are doing in the film. It's, and it's like that's also too. It's it's got all these layers that I feel like people missed. Yeah. And they wanted their hand held. And honestly, it's because it wasn't an alien food. Yeah, that, that's what it is. And it sucks because what he did with that movie was he took this, at least for us, a super interesting thing about like ancient aliens or whatever. He took that idea, made a whole movie about it, literally built a universe. And then everyone was like, yeah, but I wanted Alien. What I love, too, is that, remember that one guy's video you, you showed me, where even years ago, after Alien came out, just came out, 
how in the that magazine Ridley Scott said what he wanted for the sequel. Yeah. Like he he straight up said like how come he's he even said like in the movie no one talks about the, the jockey. Yeah, the, the, well, at the, the time the, it was space, called jockey, the space jockey. But he's like that that's a whole different thing. I'm like, why was he there? Who is that guy? What does this really mean? And the fact that everyone was just like, Yeah, but alien and he came back and was like, I'm gonna explore this. Everyone hated it. And then the second part we got to it, as much as I enjoyed it, I know it's fucked up because he didn't get to do what he wanted to do. Because he was trying to, he was trying to, he was trying to do both. He was trying to give us a, a, a sequel to Prometheus and give us another alien. And it's like he should have just made a sequel to Prometheus. And then it, what's so stupid too is that afterwards when they saw um, Alien Covenant, they're like, "Well, how come he didn't just make Prometheus two? <laughs> yeah. I wanted a Prometheus two instead of this." It's like. Oh my fucking god! I just want to, yeah. but it's funny too because like like in that video, like the guy even says like, "Well, I didn't really like Prometheus, but like you have to give him credit for like sticking to that idea." It's like, yeah, you got to give him a bunch of credit. Like he didn't want to explore anything to do with the Xenomorphs. His, he had like a whole like idea of like that there's more to the this universe, and it's it's a tragedy that I think we'll never like give up because. There was so much there. Mm -hmm. And like I said, the movie itself was amazing. Like, if I wanted a sci-fi movie, that is like a sci-fi movie. Yeah. Done in the best possible way. But everyone wasn't on board because it wasn't exactly what they thought. And he basically had to give away this universe because people, oh, there wasn't a xenomorph in there. And I didn't like it. Like who cares? Like like xenomorphs are are only are are cool up until a certain extent. We yeah. see that with the movies. Like yeah, the first one's good, right? The second one, I haven't seen it, so it's good. I I keep hearing. Then you get to the third one, and it's like oh, and then you get to resurrection, and you're like oh, and then you get to alien versus predator, and you're like, eh. interesting, yeah. But it it. But see, the one thing that I love about those movies is it built on this idea that yes, there like was a connected ancient, universe. Yes, that, and, and that too. Yeah, the fact that these there was ancient like these ancient beings coming and doing this shit. See, it's like you can only take them so far, and then it just starts wearing out. It's like whereas like when we came up with our our ideas for where they could go, like what if they get to the engineer's planet, and then we find out that the reason why they created us was because they were trying to figure out. Like, why they were created. Like, we had a whole idea of of where we could go with it, right? And I think that's what um, Ridley Scott wanted to do. But, like, I think for the last, I mean, decade and for the, just this year, too, like, of all my, all the fa like favorite films I had, and I would say also for the decade, like, that just, to me, was like, yeah, that kind of sums up everything, was Endgame. Avengers Endgame, I mean, along with, like, Infinity War, but this movie was just, the like, a culmination of everything, right? Of of what we'd seen prior to the decade, just in the middle of this decade. We we finally got, our, like, all these, like, strings that were thrown out, and, like, we were like, well, how are they going to tie this all together? Two directors, the Russo brothers, that were able to piece all these things together and give us not only a conclusion to the Avengers series, but a conclusion to every other series where you could say this is like the end for now. This movie was just everything I wanted. The battles were awesome. 
like the whole idea of like time travel where where it was also kind of like a a revisit to like everything we wanted to see in the past just that one one scene right where he's like on your left and then all the holes just start showing up right and every everyone's like literally every character that we had seen prior to this because when people like sit there and say like, "Well, like, oh, well, the MCU is like not cinema, and like the MCU is just like dumb, and like, why would you sit there and watch all these?" It's like, this is the reason why you sat and watched Captain America: The First Avenger, and Thor: The Dark World, and Ant Man, right? Like, you sat there through all these things just so you could watch, so you could finally see them all on screen together interacting and no one has to sit there and say oh hey i'm spider-man from spider-man and no one has to sit there and be like oh wait who's that oh it's valkyrie who's valkyrie you know what i mean like no one has to sit there and explain anything and along with like infinity war i think that helped to set it up too and like from one two punch yes that just because it gave you like that crazy journey of like losing and then like losing again and then when you think like n- nothing good can come from it they finally have to all stand together and take on this one villain who has been in the shadows the whole time but like he was but his presence was always felt um i want to give a shout out to i would say really help kick off this decade of let's make sci-fi fun again um, Inception It was a movie that I think it's easily forgotten Because it came out so long ago mm. But I think what I loved about it Was that he moved from The Batman series right And everyone's yeah. so in love with that right But he moved on from it And I was like yeah let me fuck with your mind a little bit And I get it Now people make it a joke whatever blah 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 But at the time and still even now Like it's still a great movie It was such a spectacle to watch mm. When you say I want a big movie, yeah, that's what you think of, mm. and it's almost for, like it's so easy to forget about the cast too. Yeah, <laughs> like you know what I mean? Yeah, because like the idea of like, oh yeah, it's oh we're in this mine. Oh, whose mine are we in? Oh, what's really going on? It's like, Night Club. oh yeah, is there a Batman in here? Who knows? Ooh, no, but there's a Robin. <laughs> no, uh, but I mean like. I think Christopher Nolan has had a pretty exceptional decade, mm-hmm. but like to me, that was like a kickoff to like yeah. what what became afterwards. Because after that, like you still had you know stuff like Ex Machina come out, Interstellar came out. Ooh. I forgot. Oh, that movie's so good. Yeah, I I don't know why. See, there's so many movies that come out and people hate them, but it's like I don't I don't get it. Like Interstellar is good. But yeah, I mean, for me, like, sci-fi has always been a thing for me, and I, I think this last year, this last decade, uh, like, it's so cool to see, like I said, with like horror, sci-fi, and all this stuff, how it's still like you get you get something as big as Inception, mm-hmm. right? But then you could get something as small as Ex Machina, right? Something that takes place in one one area. It yeah. only has what. Three characters. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, and it all comes out, and it's like, doesn't matter how big budget it is or how small indie it is. Yeah. Um, also, we couldn't end this decade 
without talking about probably one of the best shows that ever exists, Westworld. Yes. Something that I love never thought I wanted. Literally, as I'm watching these trailers, I'm like, that's stupid. <laughs> All it took was for me to sit down and watch around my sister, and I was like, I'm fucking hooked. But it's like, it's everything that we love in like a show. It's like, it's got a mystery, but also like that mystery in itself is like, also wrapped up in like this whole idea of like, wait, what does it mean to be like a human? And like, are the, are the things that we're seeing on the series like true or not? You question your own reality too, because certain characters turn out to be like not human. And you're like, well then who is human? And who's not like, it's just such a great, like, yes, like mind fuck of a show, but like it's done so well. And I, and I hate that. Like, people don't appreciate it as much like they always talk about game of thrones yeah and... yeah because for me when i saw that show it, like watching that first season it was like mm -hmm. it was literally like watching the best movie ever every single episode yes. because the acting is phenomenal the story is like so intriguing everything about it is like what the fuck's going on God, I can't stop watching this. <laughs> the second season, I still, I really think it's still great. Yeah. Um, I do feel like because it took so long, people fell off. Yeah. But it, it, it still played off of, I think, which is cool because I think with this next season, they're going to stray away from. But it, it played with this idea of like, what's going on in the here and now? What's really, mm. how is whatever, you know? Because I think the first ep the first season did it so well. This one's never gonna look as good as that, but it was still so great because you're still you're still trying to figure out what's going on. You're still in this mystery. You're still like, wait, so how did that? So wait, oh, so she's not dead? Oh fuck! You know what I mean? Like it, everything about those first two seasons. I know it's taken what four years to watch two seasons of a TV show. So whatever. fucking stupid, but like they get it this way. Yeah, it 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 is so good. It's a show that I never thought I wanted. But like when he said, "Oh, Westworld," I was like, oh, "Sounds dumb." And I was like, "Yeah, it's like it's off that one like '70s movie from back in the day." Which I love that they just completely they they took the the simplest idea of that movie. And they just threw out the rest of it. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, it's so fucking phenomenal. It honestly, th this is like a, a TV show that you show people and say. Why make a movie when you can make a TV show? Exactly. Easily one of the best TV shows to come out. And I'm so glad it came out towards the later end of this yeah, decade. I think you're right. Yeah. The idea that not just horror, but like sci-fi has gotten finally like, because like you see that with like Arrival getting nominated for best picture. And then, I mean, The Shape of Water, like, is that, it's like horror sci-fi, but it's like, romance and yeah. drama and it's it's a strange mix and like that's why i think guillermo del toro totally deserve um best director and best picture because with that film like it just transcends all genres to be like he literally made his main character someone who can't speak and then you still felt all of her emotions yeah and then you you pick the perfect person to be a villain michael shannon because he's a villain in real life isn't he I just picture him, and he's perpetually just the the villain and everything. He was in that I forgot what it's called, but it's like they think they spot a 
a Sasquatch or something. Mm-hmm. And he plays like a shop owner. And he's like a very like timid kept guy. But technically he he does do bad because <laughs> he gets drunk and that's who they see. And then instead of telling everyone, he, he perpetuates the lie. So technically, still doing bad. <laughs> He's like the perfect, he, he, right? Doesn't he perfectly play like the, the bad guy? Yeah, this decade's been like. Like I said, it could partially be because my vision of like what is film and yeah. all this stuff has changed this last 10 years. The years prior to, you know, it was easy for me to just sit down and watch it. And obviously, I, I would say partially that, too, was because that was after we left um, high school and stuff. And after we left, like, film school and stuff. Mm-hmm. And really, like, that opens a whole different door to you, right? Yep. So maybe that's partially because of it, too. But really, like, even when you go back and watch things from, like, the 90s, the late 90s, right? And you watch these films, and it's like, yeah, some of this just doesn't hold up. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. It's this decade. I feel like is, I'm not saying it's the best decade it ever existed no. film, but I would say it's probably one of the most intriguing. So much happened in such a little, like such a small amount of time. Yeah, like like you said, with like technology exploding, like we went from having normal televised TV shows to be like. Yeah, of course you only want 10 episodes a year, right? And it's like, no, but give it to me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, like, that's, I don't know. That's just something that it's never happened before. And really this decade kicked it off. I mean, who knows what's going to happen in the next 10 years? Hell, who knows what's going to happen in the next five years? Or even just next year? I mean, there's so much more we could talk about, but we'll just say... Thank you for listening. Yep. Thanks Thank for listening for to giving, us rant, yeah. rant and rave. Thank you for listening for your last year, if you have been. Yeah. Or even, you know, whatever. But just supporting us, it means a lot. And, um, yeah, if you want to do so, go ahead and like, subscribe, whatever, any streaming services you got. Um, we are on Spotify. So if you're on Spotify, check that out. If not, we're still on Apple, Stitcher, whatever and we're on youtube if you watch us on, if you want to watch us on youtube or you can follow us on instagram twitter at intb underscore podcast or you can email us at intb podcast at gmail.com email us uh tag us dm uh, us dm us whatever and just let us know like what are your favorite like not only what are your favorite films this year but what are your what are your favorite films this last 10 years is there a tv show that exploded this you know last 10 years that you love or are you excited to see where everything's headed or do you wish we would revert back to pre-2010 yeah just let us know what 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 did you like what did you hate what did you what did you think about us like do you did you did you think we did a good job this year did you think maybe we should quit next year (laughs) like we, we we're always open to like hearing any kind of criticism no matter what yeah, and uh, like we've always said, you know, we're, we're always willing to make things better to try, you know, try to change for the best. If if there's anything you guys, you know, want to see us do, let us know. Um, you know, we're still trying to figure out how to do a, a YouTube thing, maybe a streaming thing. That's still something that we're trying to work on. Uh, is there any, is there different content you would want to hear? 
this next year is really i think this last year it was a year for us to like try to just better ourselves with the podcast and now that we've reached a milestone of like a hundred episodes and now you know we're trying to get on every single streaming service whatever i think now we can really try to push ourselves and see like what could we do you know so who knows like you might get different content you might get more of one thing or the other or who knows but um you know we're always trying different things and trying to see you know what sounds better or you know what plays better and um yeah i guess really this is a thank you guys so much for listening we guys hope you had a great year but (laughs) until then guys as always remember it's not that bad it's not that